What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and... Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Marvel Alliance Podcast, where we cover anything and everything to do with the Marvel Universe. In the comics, TV, and movies, we will go from the Mojoverse to Earth 616 to Cairo, Egypt, in order to bring the Marvel Universe right to you. I am the man without fear, Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Brent. Alliance Assemble, Assemble. Volume 104. We are now officially two weeks away from Multiverse of Madness. Yes, we are. Just two (laughs) weeks. It's so close. So close. It is Marvel. Marvel continues and, and opens twenty twenty two with a with a banger. I would say. I'm hoping. Uh, we're we're gonna find out, but yeah, like two weeks from right now. Uh, doing the math, I, I'm I'm I think I'm in the credits. I, I'm oh, either I, in the credits or I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Because my my showing will be at seven o'clock, so I will be uh, running from my uh, driving running from my uh, kids soccer practice or game to uh to the movie theater so i am going at 5 30 with my dad and my wife and we are going to have a great time my mom texted me earlier earlier tonight is dad going to a movie with you in two weeks I'm like yes unless you're about to tell me he can't <laughs> nope we are all good we will be uh, there 
Well, I'm glad you like the background. I have to quickly switch it back for uh, switch it back and forth for topics, S. Bubs. That's uh, all right. <laughs> that's all right. We can we can do that, but it'll come back. It'll come back when we get to the trailer. But yeah, we have two big topics. You know, obviously we got Moon Knight episode four, and you know, as as you and I had been telling people, calm down. It's going to happen this month. And guess what happened? The it's... Thor: Love and Thunder teaser trailer finally dropped. You know, everyone's got to stop freaking out. It's like, where's the teaser? Where's the trailer? It's coming. It, and, it, it's and it delightful. Arrived. It is delightful. It, it it is. So we've got those. Are be our two big ones tonight. We're we're gonna. There's a little news that dropped here and there, and I think some of our listener questions kind of cover that. So it, it saved me from putting it as a news topic item. So uh, so yeah. I, hey, you know. But how's your week been, Brent? It's been it's been a different week for me. I'll I'll just without getting into it say I did not get to watch Moon Knight until about oh, about this time last night, and I uh, it's the first Disney Plus show that I watched in the PM. <laughs> Everything else was in the morning. I think WandaVision with eight a.m. or maybe seven a.m. was episode one was my record of the latest I started. But I had pneumonia when that uh, came out. That's my excuse for not getting on it at four in the morning. <laughs> hey hey, you know what? At that point, you know from what I saw, many complaints. It's like you know, you probably watched it at a good time considering how dark the presentation of it was. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so you probably, you probably watched it. Yeah. I was able to watch it in the morning. Uh, didn't have too bad of sunlight to have issues with that, but yeah, it's been spring break here. Uh, I've gotten a lot of reading done, which I'll deal with in post credits, Uh big accomplishment for me. And I'm very excited about, about it because it's been many, many, a number of years before I finally got to get this done, but uh, also playing a lot of, lego star wars on my switch so enjoying that and nice. all that lovely gloriness so it's co- it's coming to an end my in-laws are in town uh they they're coming up they they uh going back home to new york after being their snowbird self in in florida so they're going back home to new york so get to spend some time with them this weekend so the kids are all being excited that grandma and papa are here I bet. And hey, that takes a little pressure off you because uh, they want to step in and help. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely takes pressure off of Aaron since she I've been at work. She works out of the house now, so she's been having to uh, she's going to enjoy getting uh, just focusing on work tomorrow. So there you go. Yep. But all right. So let us get into this this episode. So as you all know, we are part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network with eight shows. We've got on Mondays, we've got now Ranger Lines alternating biweekly with Slice of Film. You know, that uh, Katie's officially takes that slot next Monday with a new episode. So this week was Ranger Alliance on Tuesday. Got DC Alliance Super Discussions on Wednesdays, Star Wars Alliance on Thursdays, this show on Fridays, a walk through the multiverse biweekly on Saturdays. And my show has officially moved to Sundays monthly, the last Sunday of the month. Uh, World's Finest comes back at the end of next month, so the last Sunday of May. It'll return with a new episode. And if you want to catch some of these shows live, subscribe to the D, uh subscribe to the geekverse youtube podcast youtube channel and on monday nights dc alliance goes live at 9 p.m eastern standard time star wars alliance goes live at 7 p.m eastern standard time and this show goes live at 9 10 eastern standard time so make sure you check those out and uh, if you want each one of those has their own solo feed so make sure you check those out in addition to the GUA feed we also have a patreon so if you want to throw a couple of shekels RO, we've got two tiers we've got our tip jars our is our dollar tier so you want to say hey you think we're doing a good job we greatly appreciate that and then we've got our five dollar tier with ad free episodes early access episodes and patreon exclusive shows we were we were going to record the incredible hulk this week 
and uh, life got in the way at that point. But we are we have rescheduled and we will record Incredible Hulk for episode four of We Can Watch This All Day on, I think we said, Monday night. Yep, we're going to record it Monday night. But don't worry, listeners, no delay to you because we weren't going to drop it till later next week. Anyway, yep. so no no delays there. But go to patreon.com slash GUA network to sign up for that. Not to mention all the other Patreon benefits. But oh, yes. of course, on this show, we want to pump up. We can watch this all day. Yes, we want We definitely we, we enjoy doing that. As we say, we can watch this all day. But if, if uh, I'll be Mr. Hines for a second. Uh, I've checked and I've checked for many months, but I think next week it's it's finally going to happen. The conclusion of the last Ronin, the final issue is dropping next week. So I'm not going to say when the crew is getting back together. I will step back from uh, pulling back from Mr. Hines doing that, but um, probably sometime in May, uh, we will all get back together to conclude the last Ronin at that point. So yeah, you got that. We got Batman 89. We've got Hines top five. We've got, um, Joe doing uh, multiverse minutes with his March to the boys reviewing each one of the episodes. Uh, Katie with looking at the non, the canon and non-canon of the, uh, excuse me, the canon of the comics and novels at that point of star Wars. So a lot of great content over there. If you're not on there, join us on Patreon. We can't do this without your support. We want to thank our patrons who have joined up. Hopefully you're enjoying all that lovely content. And as usual, we want to thank our official sponsor, OrganicPriceBooks.com. For all your omnibus collected edition hardcover needs, use that code MARVELGUA at checkout for $2 off every single order. Uh, JP just put out that the new solicitations will officially drop on Saturday. So new Marvel listings, DC, Image, all the all the solicits should probably drop on OPB on Saturday. But if you want to get a good look at what you're planning on ordering, they will drop officially on Friday, but he will upload them to the site on Saturday. So use that code MarvelGUA every single time. Get that $2 off every single order. All right. I think that's everything we got out of the way. I think next week we'll have to do some programming notes for the following week. So good thing we don't have to do that this week. Uh, let's see. Sbub saying, uh, I started... I started by listening to the Iron Man one. It was really great hearing your stories about the first time watching the movie and how you all, uh, you guys reacted to the post credit scene in the theaters. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. you are. Yes. Thank you for joining. You were definitely one of our new patrons and I'm glad you're enjoying it. A lot of content to catch up on it. And it looks like you're at least enjoying our uh, re- retrospectives. And you know, S-Bubs, if you scroll back farther, there's a couple that came out before that. So mm-hmm. scroll back farther in that feed and you'll find them. Yep. So, all right, so Moon Knight episode four. You know, this was one that the uh, a lot of a lot of the bloggers reviewers got. This was the final episode that they officially got access to. They kind of built this up as a game changing moment. You know, we've I've learned to temper expectations when I hear game changes. I hear kind of a lot of um, <laughs> adjectives being thrown at us at that point. We don't want to get Ralph Bonard, but. What are your non-spoiler thoughts for episode four? You know, I I actually think that this was a game-changing episode. Uh, was it the most legendary episode of the MCU we've seen to date? No, I won't go that far. But I think this was a great episode. It's really a tale of two parts, not mm-hmm. equal halves. The first part definitely had the bulk of the runtime, but the second part might have had more to actually talk about. Kind of interesting there. Overall, <laughs> if you look at our notes, we have a lot. To yes, talk about. yes. <laughs> Overall, the the first part I thought was super creepy, touching on horror vibes a couple times. Super suspenseful, you know, doing the jump scare thing, really just weirding you out. Couple, 
awkward humor moments, if you will, that I'm sure we'll get into. And then the second part was like, okay, I've kind of expected it, kind of knew it was coming, playing on a trope in these kind of genre shows that I really, really enjoy. And uh, I overall, I thought it was a great episode, just another solid one. I'm, I'm still not sure which one is probably my favorite episode to date. I'm going to have to think about that, but another good episode of Moon Knight. Yeah, this, I still think why the last episode was my favorite at that point. This is this is kind of tough for me just because I think this one was I really enjoyed. It. So probably it, I, I will go with it. It's a solid number two. Solid number two. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I did enjoy the kind of a lot of very much whole, like old horror. Like it had a lot of the allusion to the mummy. You know, if I were to yes. compare it to this with the archaeological dig or any kind of like Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, not just for obvious reasons later on in the episode. But I did like when that episode flipped, I got lots of 12. I got uh, 12 monkeys vibes from it. I've got just literally I'll, I'll refer back to it a lot in this episode. Jeff Lemire's initial couple of episodes yes. of his run is very much very ever present, not necessarily page to screen but a lot of just tips of the hat and things like that so you know as we said before this series will do i'm okay with it doing a lot of tips of the hat i've come to understand that you know i'm not i don't need page to screen i'm more appreciative that they're at least honoring and giving at least homages to the comics what i wish they would also do is pay the creators a little bit more but you brent and i have gone on record a number of times about that they definitely should be paid a lot more than what they are but you know we'll we'll save it at that but this was a a good episode i definitely enjoyed it it's setting up something hey and you know it's it's going to be very interesting to see what these last two episodes are i think that it for just having six episodes it's gone very fast paced but i haven't felt that i haven't felt rushed necessarily just because i felt the the urgency has always been there since after episode one yeah this this show i felt like really jumped in and just got right to it 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 is kind of weird it does feel like there's still kind of a long ways to go with two episodes left uh, but at the same time, I think they can do it. And I, I've been pretty happy with how they've been wrapping up these shows so far. So I, I believe that they'll, you know, be able to execute another one. Well, with that, we're going to stop our non-spoiler talk and go to an ad break before we get deep into the, all the spoilers of Moon Knight. So as you know, listeners, these ads help keep the lights on the Geek Ultimate Alliance network. We don't get to choose what ads come on and they can be a bit loud. So I'm going to give it a three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so... It, this it, they're they've been very good for a number of these episodes just immediately picking up where the last episode ends off and this episode is no different you know it you know we see you know one of the avatars placing Kanchu statue in a small alcove where nine others are in the great pyramid of Giza. so my question is who are these other gods that are locked up I mean, there, there's lesser gods in the Egyptian mythology, right? True. Like hundreds, if not thousands of them. I, I, I don't ask me the number. I don't know. But I you, I got to assume, at least for now, it's just other people uh, slighted, who slighted or were perceived to have slighted the Ennead and just, you know, they made the wrong person mad. Boom, you're getting all medusa or whatever and turned to stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we get the, after the title sequence, we see a scarab climbing over the dune. Another another very big theme going on this. And Harrow's men arrive, and Mark and Stephen are knocked out on the ground. So it's up to Layla to fight them off. And she's very resourceful and uh, using a flare to uh, being thrown back into the ammo truck yes. at that point. She, you know, as I said, it, risky, and, risky, r- though, <laughs> risky. But she she has proven to be very, very capable. And, and again, she is not a damsel in distress. She she's very resourceful and reminds me again, just like I said in The Mummy, she reminds me of the character Evie from The Mummy of Rachel Wise's character. So she she's definitely she may be an antique stealer, but she can definitely hold her own against the, these people. Yeah, and forgive me, I don't remember what outlet had the interview, but someone asked her, like, you know, the question they always ask, what's the episode you're most excited for the viewers, for the fans to get a check out? And without missing a beat, she said episode four. I think now I understand why, because she was very heavily featured in episode four, and she just did a spectacular job, I thought. 
e even when you come to the end, she has to switch very much to a different type of portrayal of Layla very, very quickly. At yes, getting getting just a taste of what Oscar Isaac goes through for every episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. So after Stephen comes to, we get a nice conversation between Layla and him in which Stephen talks, talks to Mark and Mark's begging him to take back control. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. And we learn that Mark has very much abandoned Layla and actually get a lot of backstory for this filled in throughout the whole episode about this abandonment. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, they kind of allude in flat out earlier and flat out saying this one to Layla when when Steven tells her, you know, he was pushing you away to try and save you from Kanchu. All right, that, that's true. That's fair. But it's like that is harsh. You know, that, that never works out well in any story anywhere that never mm -hmm. works out well. So you you get Layla's conflicting feelings in this episode. They're pretty understandable, I think. Yeah, as S. Bubs kind of confirms, Google says there's over 1,500 gods and goddesses with names and many more gods after that. Their names are never mentioned. So uh, there you yeah. go. Yep. So yeah. surely oh, yeah. nine of them, nine others pissed <laughs> off these people. <laughs> exactly. It's like you have done something horrible that we, we, we just don't want to deal with you. But again, it harkens back to why, why leave Harrow in the room with him when he could just smash it. I hate to say it but i think pretty much smashing it doesn't kill them i think it frees the gods that's why they're very careful about where they place it well again they and i still see people like complaining about this is like they they had no reason to distrust arrow arrow now you could argue they have no reason to actively trust him other than the benefit of the doubt of conchu says he's bad they don't like conchu therefore arthur must be good like on top of that hubris you know their arrogance mm -hmm. like they don't the, the idea doesn't even occur to them because it's just asinine to think that something that they would view as their property would be mistreated that way. I assume I'm, I'm projecting a little there, but <laughs> to me, the gods are just arrogant and that yeah. is what, and how, I mean, when's the last and, time and, and, and they're cowards and, and they're, they're cowards. cowards. Of course they're cowards. Cause where were they when Thanos snapped? But exactly. when's the last time you read a story about a mythology about several different gods and they weren't described as arrogant <laughs> ever. Has that ever happened? Cause I can't oh, think of I, one. I, I'll tell you what, I think that some of the most arrogant portrayals of gods and stuff like that come from the Sandman man. When, uh, when dream goes and in, goes into hell and, uh, you see, odin and thor and stuff like that. oh my gosh geez <laughs> i mean even like the disney animated hercules mm -hmm. show like Z zeus was arrogant right like that's the point yeah and so it's just how they come across yeah as bub's saying yeah i could see 0. 0.0006 percent of gods might turn up turn against the <laughs> the Aeneid things yeah yeah i would say so um you know we they bring back the whole idea of that uh, Layla, Layla, as I was about to call her, Mar Marlene. Layla's father was killed by by a mercenary that was Mark's partner. And again, they're not saying Bushman, but I'm wondering maybe in the next episode we're finally going to see the the actual event take place in a flashback. Um, it, you know, it's interesting because Marlene, which Layla is in the comics, Marlene was at the dig site when her dad was killed. However, that plot point was taken out of the show, and she wasn't there. I think this does add some more tension for the show and it's been a big plot thread and growth point for her character that she wasn't there and she doesn't know what happened. You know, I actually thought we might get that flashback scene uh, in this episode. I thought, okay, well th this is the one where at least for the bulk of the episode, if not all of it, we will not see Moon Knight. He will not have his powers. He won't be able to. And, and this will did. be the episode yeah. where, where they talk, where they, you know, Mark lays it all out of here's what happened. And that's kind of true. I expected to see the flashbacks. We didn't. Okay. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I, I think the next episode we're going to see a number of them, and I'll get into one of the flashbacks I think we're going to see a little later on in our breakdown. So as they move through the caverns, they come across a dig site that Harrow is at, and Stephen and Mark have a great exchange and reflection on the ta- on the table. There is some debate over whether Stephen has Mark's abilities too. Like he's saying like, well, I was there technically when you did all this stuff. So really I should know how to handle myself. And Mark's like, I don't think that's how this works. Yeah. He, he brought up muscle memory and I, I, I think there's an element of truth to that. Like think back to when he first became Mr. Knight and he mm-hmm. landed that punch on the Jackal. It was pretty right? solid. I, I, yeah. Great. Solid punch. I think that's coming from that muscle memory that the body mm-hmm. has, but Look at the way when he was Mr. Knight last episode against the Midnight Man's people, and he immediately got stabbed, panic, and called, you know, wanted <laughs> yep. to tap back out. So, hey, I'm at the end of last episode, I really thought they were they were starting to come figure it out. You know, it was like you're better at the brain stuff, mm-hmm. you're better at the fighting stuff. You know, let's just we'll swap out when necessary. And nope, clearly, clearly that's not the case. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that we got a lot of, of Steven in the sense of like, I, I am seeing growth with this character. He's not being as scared. He's not necessarily trying to run for the hills. He's trying to dig into this, getting this mystery. And we see him take a big step forward when, you know, we, we said Layla and him are getting sweet. Layla's getting sweet on him and things like that. And Steven, right before they go in for a kiss, Steven says that Mark is trying to keep her safe because Conchu threatened to take her as his avatar. He didn't have to say anything like that. He doesn't have to defend Mark over anything at that point. That That's a pretty big move for him. He still gets the kiss later on, but still, I was pretty impressed with that kind of that conversation. It was, for me, Mark, or I'm sorry, Stephen uh, dodging the kiss. Like, you know, the first time I watched it, I'm like, hmm, did he not recognize the social cues that she was about to kiss him there? And then yeah. the, the second time I watched it, I said, like, no, I think he did. And I think he panicked. And so he just True, blurted yeah. out the first thing that came to his mind, but he obviously, you know, uh, gathered his courage, if you will. Cause he went for it at the end of that conversation in a much more awkward looking kiss to me, I thought than what the first one was shaping <laughs> up to be. And then of course, Mark was not happy yes. one bit with this. You're right. He he is he's just he's awkward. That and that's fine. That's, that's his that's that's his, the personality of Steven. That is the the part of his part of who if Mark is what well, is the quote unquote primary at that point. Steven represents something different of this personality of of his of his psyche. Yeah, of course. Mark wasn't happy because Mark eventually quickly gets him in it to take over and then punches him in the face. That yes. that that I thought was yes. great. I, I love that. That was that was a great comedic moment. Um little interesting because we haven't actually seen them like split their uh, control of the body that way. So mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like I wonder if that was actually a sign of more of the walls between them breaking down. As they yeah. were able to temporarily control both control parts of the body. Steve, Steven did let his guard down when he after that kiss. So, yep. Uh, so they get into the tomb and they find some bullets on the ground, teasing what they're going to see a little bit later on. And upon walking around it enough time, Steven realizes that the entire structure is based on the Eye of Horus. It, the Eye of Horus is frequently representing well-being, healing, and protection. Uh, he was able to kind of trace exactly the different paths, the, the different paths they could go down, and that he said since Emmett was the the voice is known as the voice, they he says it's we should go through the tongue, go the tongue path at that point to find where the the sarcophagus is. 
And their journey is interrupted by one of Fer the Pharaoh's servants carrying out the mummification of one of Harrow's men. And I want to think it was one of the the cops. It looked like the it could have been. It was hard to tell at some point, but definitely was a, a follower of, of Harrow's that had a beard. You know, the whole Eye of Horus thing I thought was pretty interesting. The way he kind of figures it out and he draws it out. And it's like, okay, so I think we need to go here because of this other stuff about, you know, our situation right now. And I love Steven's excitement over just being in the adventure. He's like, oh, I'd be so excited if one of these things came to life and gave me a riddle I had to solve, right? But my thing is like, how did they know, how did he figure out it was the Eye of, the Ho Eye of Horus? Because I feel like he figured it out from one room of what had to be a pretty significantly sized cavern. I, I just feel like he, he came to the conclusion of like, obviously it's laid out that way pretty easy. I, I Nitpick maybe. It just seemed like we no, were missing it's, something. It's one of those things we just like, one of the things we'd call people on. It's like, all right, we either accept it. But yeah, it, it seems a little too quick. We've got only so many so many minutes to kind of draw the conclusion. Uh, as Bob's saying, uh, in the scene, you can actually see Stephen close his eyes, open his eyes as Mark, gets, as Mark can get punched in the face when he falls back at Stephen again. So I don't think they're controlling the body at the same time, but switching very quickly. Yeah, fair, fair. But even the switching quickly is interesting because Mark then jumped in and did not fully take over, or why would he have given control back to Stephen? He wouldn't have. So he, it, there's, it's still, I think, they're breaking down those walls that Mark talked about being between them. Yeah, so uh, the these kind of Pharaoh's guards, you know, they're very creepy, they do this kind of like a lot of clicking sound. I'm I'm a fan of the the game The Last of Us, which is how those kind of they call them the clickers at that point. They you're using that for basically echolocation, like a bat because they're blind. <laughs> they may be hey maybe eight hey, Morbius could be Morbius. No, Mephisto maybe. Mephisto maybe. Who knows? Uh, so there he there is followers of uh follower of harrow's meeting is end so there's they she layla's trying to go around the follower of harrow was one of the no, cops no, okay the follower of harrow is one of the cops yeah yep. so he was one of the cops who took steven in episode two i think yeah episode two yeah because he had the beard that was kind of my tip mm -hmm. off saying i think it was one of the cops so the pharaoh's guard you know layla's on the layla's underneath the tomb right next to it you know you've got Steven at the top and at some point I can't remember which one was the one who kind of uh, knocked something over at that point. That was Layla. She was moving around it because she thought she was about to be seen and she hit one of those jars and knocked it over. And so then that's when Steven like threw something against the wall to try and draw his attention away. Unfortunately, he screams run. It's kind of <laughs> tipping off the guy. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're talking to somebody. There's somebody else down here with me. Definitely a pretty pretty jarring and kind of scary moment for uh, definitely one sure. of those, yeah. those scary moments for the MCU at that point. She's running away. She eventually does uh, jab a flare in his head and sends him over the ledge at that point. Uh, so meets his end. But again, a significant chase that, you know, did I think that she was going to meet her? And no, but definitely kept me on, you know, a little bit of edge of my seat seeing how that was going to play out. Sure. Between walking along that ledge, almost falling there, getting across it only to be pulled literally into the darkness by this uh, Hekka priest or whatever they called him. Uh, I, I think I think it was the Hekka priest that they had just referenced on the walls beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, just super. The whole scene was just super creepy to me. Yeah, that's uh, that answers Josh's question. Do we know what the creature was? Super creepy. Yeah, I think it's 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 one of Pharaoh's guards at that point. 
What did you call it, Brent? You had the name. I think that it was Hecka Priest. Hecka Priest. They referenced like the Hecka Priest on the walls that were there as like protectors of whoever was in this tomb. Mm-hmm. At this point, they haven't figured out who it was. Yeah, so inside the tomb, Mark finds several artifacts and sees the tomb, the sarcophagus, with Macedonian words written on it, and he found that very odd. He said, that should be Macedonian, it should be Egyptian. And then he started thinking about it, saying, wait a minute, could this be it? The the And he said, basically, this is the the other avatar of Emmet was, this is their sarcophagus of Alexander the Great, the long-lost one. So, mm-hmm. yep. so elsewhere, Layla comes face to face in a way with Harrow and Harrow talks about her father and he brings up his name for her, calling him a little scarab. Turns out her father theorized that Egyptian gods lived amongst them and Harrow learned of Mark's past through the scales. So a lot of a little, you know, th- this episode is probably the most straightforward until the last last 10, 10, 10, 15 minutes at this point. It's, there's not a lot. It's, it's just there. We kind of, you don't get that a lot in Marvel shows where it's like, eh, most of it's kind of there in front of you. Yeah, they, they just laid it all out following along a very clear path all the way up to Layla starting to figure out, like, hear it from Arthur directly that, like, Mark was more involved. Mm-hmm. The scales don't lie. He was more involved driving her to leave him and chase after Steven and just yelling at him. Did Mark know? Did Mark know? Yeah. It's, it's again, she, he is capitalizing on her, her doubt and trying to push that doubt further and further to get her to turn on Mark slash Steven. So when Steven gets into the, gets to the tomb, uh, he goes, <laughs> find out that Emmett is bound and which could, t- how he's bound. So it could tie into how to free Conchu. And he kind of like reaches down into the mummified Alexander Gross. the Great Gross. to pull out to pull out the the stone statue of Amit. Layla reunites with Stephen, and Mark takes over as she demands to know what happened to her father. And he's very adamant, saying, "I was there. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I I, I didn't kill him. My partner did. I tried to stop him, and I was gonna try to. I was gonna. I came to find and tell you. But he basically said, I fell in love with you.'" Weak excuse, very weak excuse in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's saying, ah, I could tell you, but I could get with you. And mm. she kind of calls it out by saying the only reason we met was because this happened. Yeah. And you were just trying to ease your guilty conscience. Yeah. So so they don't get too much time to deal with it at that point. I think she does to some extent buy that he didn't kill her father, but she's not happy that there's still some unanswers that she wants to do exactly. Well, then who was your partner? Why is he dead? Is, did you, did you go after him? Are you, you know, where's my, uh, where's the vengeance for my father's death at that point? So again, we're getting hints about as we're marching towards how Mark became the avatar of Conchu. So then Harrow's men arrive, Mark grabs, grabs the Pharaoh's ax, tells Lily get, you know, hide at that point. He puts up a good fight, takes out a few of his men, but then, you know, Harrow does what a lot, we tell a lot of bad guys, don't just narrate, don't just uh, monologue, shoot him and shoots him and falls back. And we think Mark is dead. He falls into this pool and kind of sinks. Yeah, that was, and and that just began this really jarring transition, supposed to be jarring. I don't mean that to be a negative. In this case, that transition was very on purpose. But yeah, it's like, 
Arthur, why don't, why don't you just shoot him? Just shoot him. Like, <laughs> of course, the the other guards and stuff, they really weren't even necessary. He didn't yeah. need them. He just needed to shoot them straight up. You know, it's kind of, again, kind of like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. You got the guy with the sword going back and forth, back and forth, and uh, Indy just takes out a gun and shoots him. Yep, you know? pretty much. So speaking of that, uh, we get a very abrupt cut into a four by three video presentation of looks like an archaeologist kind of movie TV show. And the film is a character named Stephen Grant. Yeah. Hopping back and forth between, uh, you know, like 16 by nine and four by three, all one division style with that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to call a lot. Brendan and I are going to call a lot of stuff out. Cause there's a lot of the callbacks to this one, you know, in Jeff Lemire's run, uh, Stephen was an at, had Steven as an actor and everything from his perspective played out like a TV show rather than what was really happening. Mark Spector also produced a series on his life in the 2011 Moon Knight run, which could be could be riffing on this. And what we see may have been real and Mark could have grown up watching this show as a kid, which is later what Arthur Harrow, the psychologist, thinks of. So when his DID may have ended up uh, inventing Steven as a persona based on what he was, what he was watching and what he strived towards, uh, which would tie into his obsessions over archaeology. Also, this guy, this actor is playing Steven has a very, very corny Cockney accent. Yes. Which absolutely. is what Steven, I, I say too, is also has a very corny Cockney accent. Fair. I hadn't thought of that, but fair. Uh, so we have yet to see yet what, what has in this show, we have yet to see what triggered Mark's DID to manifest. But in the comics, Mark's mom died when he was very young. I do believe next week we will see the parents because both parents are officially cast. They are cast. We have not seen them yet. So it's either we only got two episodes left, but I'm calling it for next episode. We're going to see a flashback to his parents. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, makes it would make a lot of sense. So that you know, it'd be interesting to see how that manifests. But this ending, the, I mean, <laughs> where do you want to start with this? I think we need to just start with like the first. It's like I should have timed it, but like the first thirty seconds to a minute of them just going through this room uh, in a mental facility, seeing all these other patients and orderlies and staff, yep. and so many things that callbacks earlier in the show yeah i mean we we get to see we see crawley crawley is there he is uh calling out bingo numbers in the comics he's he's joined by mark in the asylum now the bingo card in the teaser poster that came out the day before has no letters or the number 22 on it which crawley is calling out which could be signaling that this is entire situation is fake because the number being called out doesn't exist. And that was called out by uh, Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush. It's a cool idea. Clever. Um, so we, we mentioned the Tomb Buster v VHS with yep. uh, Stephen Grant. Um, in Tomb Buster, he's using a compass the way they describe the scarab. Mm -hmm. as being and then you know as soon as they came out of there even before we see crawley there's that rubber duck that's all bandaged up kind of yep. like mummified conchu i guess is what that signifies at least it's what it did to me uh yeah so again this this is very much opening up like the whole initial couple of issues of jeff lemire's run now we see a man playing with a rubik's cube mark did this in episode one mm -hmm. donna is there sitting with a stuffed animal that's a scarab that is seen all that she is holding in episode one that was his boss who yep. at the museum yep 
Yep. A uh, woman is drawing a picture of a bird with Conchu's head on it. Uh, cupcakes are pushed around in a trolley signaling back to episode one. Uh, we see Mark, who eventually s- pushed forward and sitting beside a goldfish. And there are some photos of the images from his postcards on the whiteboard. Right. And then um, uh, Bobby and Billy, the cops who took him, were yep. they were orderlies there. Um, let's see. You mentioned the cupcake. Um, the, there was a clock hand with like Conchu's staff behind Don, right. I believe yes. it was. Uh, and, and then the woman from last episode who forged the passports for Layla, um, I don't remember her name, but she was there as is, well. Is that her? Because I couldn't. I, mm-hmm. I I watched it twice. Is that is that? I, I she's the one. So. She's she uh she drew like a picture of a scarab or something. Oh, which, she was drawing. Uh, no, she, she was drawing the the bird. Okay, the bird. The bird. Okay, then maybe it was yeah. someone else. I saw the scarab on. I, okay. Um, and I've seen people think that's a reference to the Scarlet Scarab, a pretty obscure Marvel character. Oh, okay. it, I'll I'll, I'll do one possible. better. I'll date you one better. Layla, when she comes up, um, you know, saying that, you know, Mark won bingo. And after Mark fails to get a response, when he looks in the mirror out of, um, you know, trying to see if someone's going to respond back to him, he falls out of his chair, uh, dropping a Moon Knight, handmade Moon Knight figure, signaling Mm -hmm. back not only to what he's turning into, but also back from episode one. Now, Layla, you know, like you said, it's this whole thing about Scarlet Scarab at that point in the comics. He's called Abdul Faul, and Layla's full name is very much similar to that. Her nickname is Little Scarab, and if you look closely at her pinky finger, she has a thimble, and on the thimble, it is a red scarab on it. Oh, I hadn't seen that, um, but I, I noticed her name is similar to that. Yeah. Yes. So, so again, probably I don't. I'm not going to say on a limb of how much of a chance. I'd say there's maybe a five percent chance she's going to turn into the red scarab, but I think it's all the signaling, the whole thing that she was called by her father, Little Scarab. It just happens to be red on the thimble. I think she is at a minimum meant to invoke that character, even if she does not become like a costume adventurer. You know, that would um, be really cool. You, you did mention that Mark fell down, and yep. he fell down out of the wheelchair because of his ankle restraint, yep. just like he had on his bed. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so he is. Do we have any more callbacks before we head into when he meets Arthur again? There's a couple in Arthur's room um, or office, but I I think I, that was all of them that I saw. But I would say, listener, if you saw others, let let us know. I would love yeah, to hear. Yeah, this is this is very much really pulling from Lemire because Lemire in those first opening issues, there's a lot of stuff. If you've been a Moon Knight fan, like he calls out a lot of different things from Mark's past in this, in this asylum. So um, he's taken before Arthur Harrow and Arthur Harrow's his, his, his psychologist. He uses a quote from Carl Jung that says, no tree can ascend to the light of heaven. If it doesn't descend to the depth of hell, he calls out saying that's what Stephen Grant said in the show, and he really liked that. That's a quote from Carl Jung. It really summarized what Mark's been going through. Um, there are images of Germany in the office from where he was in episode one. The mm-hmm. table is the same table that in HR in episode two, where we see the sandals that Harold's wearing are the same. I mean, this is nothing but like, oh my gosh, is everything that we're seeing was a lie it was all created because mark's in this asylum now in lemire's run he it said that mark's been there because it doctor doc the doctor dr emmett is looking like as as a woman and it's really Emmett that is Mm -hmm. is really there at that point so we are currently know where this going now for the general audience 
yeah, I could see this being, oh my gosh, what are we seeing? Is this all made up? Is this all like just some fictitious thing? Like if you're ever a fan of the movies of the show St. Elsewhere, you know what I'm talking about. But it, it for us, I was seeing the comics, we kind of know where this is heading. I just was, I was, I'm just very fascinated that they decided to really, if we're going to go Moon Knight, let's go Moon Knight on this one and put in this insane asylum. Cause that, that was just, that's not easy for a general audience to kind of take and say like, what is going on here? Yeah. My wife and I were definitely like just WTF. What in the world they're really doing this. And my wife hasn't read any of Lemire's run. She has no idea about any of that stuff. And it, it, it kind of was just a mind blowing moment, you know, just seeing it. And then don't forget there's the, all the Egyptian iconography yep. everywhere. Just even, even all a, a over crocodile. The yes. Yes. The crocodile as well. And so there's just all this stuff, everything. And then of course, you know, Mark, he, he shows he still has got, got the chops. You know, he takes down those two orderlies trying to make his escape. He, he has that kind of realization of what everything's going on. You shot mm-hmm. me. He woke up. Um, as he runs through the hallway, begins to kind of twist and alter around him, kind of like the movie Inception where uh, when someone wakes up and, s- and somebody realizes they're in a dream. And so everything's kind of like starting to shake up about it. He goes into one of the rooms and finds a sarcophagus and someone's trying to get out of it. Not Pop Steven. You know, <laughs> and it shows that they're very much in Mark's mind and will likely come together. And we also see they also go down the hallway and see another sarcophagus. Someone's trying to get out of. We don't hear a voice. But again, this is the third personality that's trying to get out. And I went back and I listened because I kept on seeing people saying, well, we've seen the third personality. I think we've seen it come out. And I've kind of hinted at it that in the last episode, when they when Mark comes to and Steve's like, what did you do? He said, I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, we're, we're saying this is Jake for right now until we're said otherwise at that point. But if you listen to the last episode, when Mar- when we believe it's Mark in the marketplace, um, when he's talking to the guy, talking to one of the vendors before Layla shows up and he's, he's got a very different accent, especially when he's talking to Layla says, Layla, what are you doing here? It's a different accent. And then that accent comes back when they're watching um, Anton uh, do kind of his jousting kind of maneuvers at that point, it's subtle, but if you listen to it, you know, again, I'm a more, you know, I'm one of these fans, as you see in the show, we're kind of reach and say, hashtag Mephisto confirmed, but we've got way too much smoke where there's fire that Jake may be the personality that doesn't need permission to take over. Especially because Mark doesn't realize it, Stephen doesn't realize it at that point. Jake may be the personality that can take over and not ask permission. Right. I know some people thought that that was Conchu taking over in those places, and I know people thought that in the sarcophagus that was Conchu there at the end of this. I don't. I'm with you. You know, it's Jake or whatever he's going to end up being called in this in this show. That I am convinced that's who it is. <laughs> yes, Bob. Yeah, you're right. That was a pretty good handmade figure. That definitely was pretty close to uh, Marvel Legends. You're exactly right. Uh, but you know, the, in the comics, Emmett tries to convince Mark that he's been, he's been there since he was, uh, 12 years old and Moon Knight's just a fantasy visions of Khonshu come from, come to him and tell him that he had to remember who he was in order to put the pieces back together to his fractured psyche. In, in the comics, he dons his amazing pillowcase mask and a sheet of costume. That would be really cool if we do get to see that. That would that, be cool. That, that yeah. would be really funny. Um, and he was actually in a reality outside of time and space known as the Other Void. He'd been held prisoner there, and Mark does manage to escape in the comics. 
and his personalities then jump through several different realities. Again, I, it's a really cool intro after they do escape uh, in the comics. It, it's the, each one of the personalities gets to have that moment. But then as they run down the hallway, they open a the door and they scream. And what do they see? Well, they see a hippo, obviously. They, I mean, what, what else are you ter- expecting ter- to see? Tearaway. You see Tearaway. <laughs> they do. Whom we saw as stuffed animals in in the first uh, first episode. I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned the other, other void. Isn't that where the Khonshu said earlier the other gods were? Yes. So in, in the show, like they are referencing the that. So do I believe that that is where Mark is currently? No, not necessarily. It's just in the comic, that's where they were. And in the show, that's been referenced. So I just, I wanted to make sure we called that out. Yeah. Uh, I I think we will have Mark get out of this, but then he has to stop Hera. So I can't see us finding out Kanchu constructed all this. I, I don't see that. I don't see them going that far again they're not going to go that deep into Lemire because that's what happens in kind of Lemire saying is Conchu basically becomes kind of the villain in this whole thing. I think the next time we'll likely follow Mark as he delves further into a psyche. We'll encounter flashbacks. I really think we're going to finally, I think we will see what we're going to be getting of when he finally transforms into Moon Knight. We're finally going to get that back sequence. Well, how about how about this theory I've seen going around or heard going around with with Mark? We've got Moon Knight, mm-hmm. right? With Stephen, we have Mister Knight. Are we going to get a different costume if we see Jake suit up, summon the suit? Oh, that'd I, be cool. That's going to be new. That's yeah, going to be could, it, new. could that be maybe like his newer costume in the comics? His newer Moon Knight costume in the comics is actually more black with just the white cape, the white yeah, uh, and like the white chess plate if you will or chess piece um really really cool visual looks awesome i'd love to see it i just wonder are we gonna see a third moon knight costume yeah i mean very much that would be very cool if we do uh as Bob said the actress uh for tarawood was at the moon knight premiere and confirmed her character so there you go yeah so uh yeah what uh i know we got uh one or two questions for uh this episode yes we did um uh, looks like we got one one moon knight oh. episode or question specifically uh, from the Brockman, who is in the other co- coffin in Mark Stevens' mind? Is it Jake, Conchu, or Mephisto? So yeah, I think we pretty much answered that. We've yeah. obviously both agree it's, it's probably Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Or could it be Madam Web? I, I mean, she is the blueprint. She is the blueprint. She is the blueprint. So... All right. Anything else? Uh, again, penultimate episodes uh, usually have been my favorite of this one. We'll we'll continue we'll down out. this rad. Yeah. So, all right. Next week, episode five. Oh, do you, do you think we're going to get our first credit scene next week? Oh, this is a tough one. I ugh, I'm going to say we're going to save that for the last episode. I th- I think people are going to want something to hint towards, and that's going to lead me to my fact or fiction. Actually, what they what the post credits is going to be about. Okay, okay. I, I'll, I'll put it on the record. I think we're getting one next week. Okay, yeah. Seems it, like that's... so far, I think all the shows have given us at least a couple credit things. Yeah. Actually, I, I, hmm. Okay, Loki's with an asterisk because the actual end credit of the whole show is a season two announcement. Yeah. But there was a credit scene earlier um, at, going into episode five. So at the end of episode four, going into five, that's when you first saw old man Loki, kid Loki, et cetera. Uh, did Hawkeye have a credit scene prior to uh, the Save the City performance? I'm not sure. No, I don't think I don't think so. 
No, because that's where we got the um we we that was the revelation of of Kingpin and then it went to credits with the mean one Mr. Grinch. So we didn't get right. it in credits at that point. But well, we did we'll find well, out. Well, at the end of it, at the end of that title, at the title, that's where we saw Kingpin looming at that point. So it's not really an end credit scene. This is changing the end credit during the end credits, which is what they do in this show, too. They make changes as the episode continues. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot because like in the opening credits, well, I don't think this is a change, but apparently there's I heard people talking about there's a spot with multiple f footprints and then hmm. later there's additional footprints implying that there's more personalities. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, credit scenes, you know, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier both gave us a couple Loki, eh, let's call it one and a half with that season two announcement. And then, uh, Hawkeye, we just had the one, I, I, I don't know. I feel it. I'm going to go ahead and say we're getting yeah, a credit uh, scene uh, next you week. You take that next week. I'll take the one. We'll see which one we got 50, 50 shot. There you go. <laughs> All right. So let us take our, our, uh, next ad break before we dive into the, uh, teaser trailer for Thor, for Thor love and thunder. So as you know, listeners, these ads help keep the lights on the geek ultimate Alliance network. We don't get to choose what ads come on. They can be a bit loud. Give you that three count to turn that volume down before they come on three, two, one. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. All right. So, uh, S-Bob's got something he said in the end credits are going through the phases of the moon Yep, and are going to full moon by the finale. Yeah. Yep. Again, pay attention. It, it helps when you pay attention. So, all right. We got a trailer. We got a teaser. Finally happened. Is that little boy really Chris Hemsworth's son? I believe so. I saw people talking about it. It looks like him from pictures I've seen. I believe so. I think there was a set photo when I kind of showed uh, either just between you and me or in the GUA chat where uh, it has him walking with his son behind mm -hmm. him at that point. Those legs. Whew. I'm telling you what, Chris Evans. If that's not Hemsworth. a bad fit. Hemsworth. Yeah, Hemsworth at that point. Chris Hemsworth. Because uh, then I saw a different picture later on at that point. He He's skipping out on those leg days. Yeah. At least in each issue. I mean, it's all then. And then, been, oh, my God, those chicken legs, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to say that to him, but sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard. Maybe just bad photo editing at that point. Someone wanted to make fun of him. It so. is pretty awesome, though, that, he, you know, it looks like his son, like they got to share that moment. Oh, yeah. No, very, very cool. So, all right. So, as always, going to stop at different moments. It, it you know, <laughs> we're going to be spending a lot of time just for what a 90-second trailer is going to give us. But that's what we do in this show. So, have at it. Yep. So volume is down and feel free to kind of watch along at that point. So, you know, even as we start, we're going to see this, uh, this, this boy running, it's supposed to be Thor. You know, we get this moment where he's going from a boy to the classic, classic cla costume phase four. There phase we go. Four. And then running through. And then we get Thor where he is right now in his MCU garb. Um, and, you know, Thor talking and saying he's going to be talking, saying that his hands were once used for battle and now used for peace. So this scene right here, I believe this is this is the same scene when we'll see the the ending at um, I think this is new Asgard. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the same set piece. He's he's bearing Stormbreaker, but I don't think he's abandoning it. No, especially the way he is prop propping it up, and really that uh that shot kind of invokes uh, Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet to yep. me, like you know where he's uh resting on a grateful universe. Yeah, you know I love the uh you know you'll you can't hear it, but you know, they they're using uh, Sweet Child of Mine and Guns N' Roses. A lot of those lyrics. Marvel loves picking out songs that do tie into what is going on for our characters and for the movie. So if you look at those lyrics, a lot of different, a lot of different uh, meanings behind that. You know, we see him meditating under this tree that has three suns, two moons. Um, and he says at one point, I right here, I need to figure out exactly who I am. This has been kind of an ongoing theme through the Thor films. I, I you know, at different points of what he wants to be, especially like the first one, he thinks he wants to be King. Well, you know, he that, you know, he realizes that King's not as all cracked up to be, you know, and then, you know, you got the dark world at that point learning to, you know, deal with what the past events were and the gods and, you know, the with the ether and everything like that. But people say, like, man, Thor's going through a lot of these midlife crises. I mean, he's gone through probably a pretty big event with Endgame. And this is the first time we're going to see him since Endgame. He is he has gone through a lot of different things and lost people that he considered very close to in, in you know, especially with Tony Stark. So what is left for him? And we don't know how much time has gone. We've gone through uh, since Endgame and how long he's been with the Guardians. I feel like it's important for people to remember that like progress and growth as a character is not a straight line. Yeah. And so I, I don't I don't personally view it as, you know, this is the this the fourth Thor movie. Plus he was in all the Avengers movies. And so he's had like eight appearances of, you know, finding himself or whatever. It's like, no, like there were elements and stopping points and milestones along the way. Progress is not a straight line. And so I, I, to me, it's not like there, I, I think there's less of a direct connection from here to say Thor one, because Thor one to me was all about, you know, finding his worthiness. Thor two was just, you know, trying to basically avenge his mother's death. And then of course, Thor three comes out to be like who he is supposed to be without his father as a leader of Asgard and getting back and accepting that position. And now here we are where he doesn't have that anymore either. So it's like he's hit these different milestones. And mm -hmm. I think I, I don't, I don't know why people seem to think that that's weird or odd, or it's like his story should be told. I'm like, no, that's just how, growth works as a person you know you're not the same person today that you were three years ago five years ago 20 years ago yeah uh thor's uh, uh airbnb thanos's garden planet uh on the game uh what would you have thought uh after dark world that thor would have been the only og with four solo movies yeah i mean it's it's, it's been quite fascinating be good to lady sif join join the fun too and tickets please to uh portman gun show russell crowe as zeus ain't ain't long for this world and bales gore is gonna wreck that oh yeah yeah def yeah definitely so much so we see him just kind of have that moment of realization. There we go, sweet child of mine. Gotta love. All right, we got Thor. You know, this movie is leaning hard into 80s. You know, Rocky, you know, at that point, he's trying to lose all that kind of, uh, you know, Thor 
dude bro or dad bro kind of body at that point. I love the hat. Absolutely love the hat. It, it, you know, zooming in, it says the strongest Avenger, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. the Avenger, Avenger is in the classic comic style. And it's also calling back to Ragnarok when he was having a conversation with Thor, when he was saying he was the strongest, not that, especially when he's going back to the computer, trying to unlock the ship at that point. <laughs> yep. Um, You know, and, and this is like the training montage. Like, yes. he's not gonna magically be, you know, back to buff Thor. You know, yeah, exactly. I wonder if we're gonna image. get if this this creature just dying here at that point. That's that's you know, here it is. You know, I heard people speculate maybe that's a, a somebody from like the Watchers or something like that. Like, not oh, want yeah. to, but just a Watcher. Interesting, but then, you know, if he's just hanging out with a dead watcher, that raises questions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, that st- skull structure is kind of interesting, but yeah. And there we go. We get, uh, you know, Peter Quill here. We get Thor in his Ravenger gear. But I'm also going to call out that, uh, you know, you know these bl- these blue people behind the blue creatures behind Peter at that point. Let me scroll back just a little bit. These are these might be the uh interdates interdites uh they've been touched on in the comics and even lady sif mentioned them in the agents of seal cameo she did we do know jamie alexander is returning in this movie as lady sif mm-hmm. so um so the so peter quills there but also this kind of get it maybe the ravenger at that point but he also very much harking back to uh in the comics when uh thor was his thunderstrike personality Yes, it looks very, very similar to that. If if you, somebody if you Google Thunderstrike, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's this guy, '80s Thor, right? Yep, '80s Thor. That's what we're talking about. And so their their guardians are going off, and Thor's just like, nah, no, I'm just I'm I'm piecing out of this one. And so they take off at this point. So I'm glad I was able to pause it here. So th- the the guardians are leaving at that point. He, you know, he's saying my superhero days are over. We see Thor look up. Korg is there. We got this lovely space right here um, of emptiness at that point. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Beta Ray Bill sand in there. But they are on Sakaar. They are back on Sakaar. I, somebody, you know, Beta Ray Bill's as good as guess as any. It could be one of the Guardians for all we know. We don't know who got back on that ship. Maybe Rocket's standing there, you know? Little <laughs> Rabbit just hanging out with him, ready to give him a fresh blue eye since he's got a blue eye again in this one and not the gold one that he had from Rocket. It, I don't know. It, somebody is standing there, though. Marvel has done this too many times, leaving that kind of negative space where there's obviously plenty of room for at least one more person to be standing. And they and the uh, VFX guys have uh, from No Way Home even said it's very easy for them to do this. This does not take a lot of work for them to scrub out someone. I mean, they could try to make it a little less obvious and saying, oh, yeah, there's someone standing there. It's just a bad no director would do that in a shot and have this much empty space without a reason. Yeah, completely agree. So this July, all right. So we get some pretty awesome stuff going on here. We've got a ship being pulled by from New Asgard with two goats in the front. These goats are from Norse mythology, and they're based on Tanagishner and uh, Tanagastor. And they would pull Thor's chariot and introduced in the Marvel comics in 1976. The pair were renamed Tooth Grinder and Tooth Nasher. Uh, we can see Valkyrie and Korg right over here. And I won't be able to pause it quick enough, even if I'll, you know, I could slow it down, but it's not important. Right here, we get a uh, 
a neon sign of cocktails and dreams from the movie cocktail with tom cruise i i mean this really this just... is the this is the road trip movie we have been told this movie is going to be yeah. now apparently i guess either some of the writers of the first thor movie had had tried to get this into the movie of the goats pulling uh, Thor's chariot, but like, nah, that's too silly. We're not going to do this. Well, guess what? Phase four, baby, we're doing it. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's all the, the goofier, silly stuff, you know, bring it on. Yep. So taking it out though, these very interesting kind of avatar, like hanging garden city at that point. I'm pretty sure this is Olympus. Mm-hmm. And we got this. I don't know what kind of sequence this is at that point with, um, you know, is it a dream sequence? Who is this woman? We see this kind of dead creature, Kraken-like, that he might have slayed. So I don't know where we are in Thor's memory or dreams. Yeah, I, I really don't have any guesses as, as to that either. But he goes in for the kiss at, you know, yep. and his victory. And this shot, you just paused it on in his new armor and like yep. showing what looks appears to be the Bifrost coming from Stormbreaker. Really cool shot. Yep. The, the, he, he obviously did not uh, plant uh, Stormbreaker and give it up fully because the Bifrost is going to take him on this lovely road trip. So we're back in Olympus. And so we know Russell Crowe is officially cast as as uh zeus so we're only seeing the back of him at that point so uh what we are not seeing in this trailer is, is gore the god butcher we'll deal with him in a little bit so right here i told you before we started i had one nit, one nitpick yep like a half second back you get a close-up of russell crowe's of zeus's lightning bolt yep it it, it looks cheap <laughs> it looks yeah. cheap oh, yeah. to me <laughs> oh yeah it, so it, like it, that's uh... that's my nitpick there it's like yeah <laughs> come on prop guys you, you you're better than that we, we we see better than that in this trailer we can do something else. Yep. I'm hoping right. the final version will have like some CG effects on it, you know, glowing or something like that. You know, we hear, we, we see this one Korg and Thor standing over a dead, this is a dead God, not a dead creature from the comics. It's Thalagor the behemoth. Uh, so this is a callback to Jason Aaron's uh, last run on Thor. This, this directly, this is involving Gore. Gore does kill this god, and this god was a very good friend of Thor. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he reacts to this, and if Thor is going to call back to that, this god was a friend of his. Yes, really, really great job they did recreating a comic panel. Yeah, uh, so we see Peter saying, you know, uh, remember what I told you, if you ever feel lost, look into the eyes of people that love you. We get a a look at new Asgard and we can see it's thriving cruise boats. Uh, we see this little van back here saying new Asgard tours. Uh, there looks to be this energy conference that King King Valkyrie is overseeing. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't look too happy with it. She's suited up and we see uh, Meek. Meek has grown up and Meek is wearing a suit next to her. Very dapper. Yes, very. And, you know, this shot, we get, you know, it can't, it's hard to see. Let me turn off the, yeah, there we go. We see, uh, turn off the closed captioning. We see the group. So we do see Korg. We see uh, Thor. Mighty Thor is there too at that point. Who are the others? Maybe some of the Guardians. Maybe some other people from New Asgard. Maybe Lady Sif is in this group. So you got to stare at the people. So someone's missing. 
someone's still missing. Who's missing? Uh, Gamora, 2014 Gamora. Haven't found her yet, which makes sense. Leave that for James Gunn to finish up. Yep, definitely. That's that, that's okay at that point. And saying, look at the people who love you. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just that look. I love the chemistry between Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth. It is yep. incredible. And it was it was awesome in Infinity War and awesome at the end of Endgame. And I'm so glad that we're going to get even just a little bit more of it. Would I take an entire movie of just the two of them hanging out and going on an adventure together? Absolutely. But I of will course. take whatever I can get. Yes. So he stares up said, not me, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> just listening. So we get the awesome, you know, full ladies look at this. And then here we go. Boom. There it is. All broken and cracked and put back together. There she is. Ladies and gentlemen, we get our first look at Jane returning, Natalie Point returning as the mighty Thor. Now in the comics, while Thor was battling gore off world, she was diagnosed with cancer. Though she was presented with magical cures, many of them to cure her, she turned them all down. Now, Thor ended up being deemed unworthy to wield Mjolnir. This is calling out to a storyline called Original Sin, where Nick Fury uh, whispered something into Thor's ear. And at that moment, he was unable to wield Mjolnir. What he whispered into him was later revealed was Gore was right. And the God Butcher uh, had plagued... Uh, Thor, Odin's son, for a long time, he launched an assault on the gods because of a rigid belief that their time was over. The gods had forgotten the mor- that mo- the mortals below them and grown lax in their service. And so, and, and so Thor, Odin's son, had very much opposed this idea. But now, when he's on a quest in this run to try to prove himself worthy, he is going after at this at a different point in the comics, ultimate Thor's Mjolnir his 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 hammer at that point and at that moment he decides not to pick it up because he realizes gore was right the god's right. time is done at that point and so when um when he's deemed unworthy it, it is left on the moon but it where where mjolnir is and he's unable to wield it mjolnir starts calling out to jane and heimdall takes takes her to it and when she touches it she picks up the hammer and is granted the power of Thor um, and cures her cancer. But there is a catch when she transforms back into Jane Foster, all her chemotherapy is removed and she becomes even more sickly. Yeah. Um, So every time she became Thor, she is killing herself by cancer. Yes. Um, So how does Mjolnir come, how's Mjolnir back and how after Hela destroyed it? So my theory was that when she destroyed it, it, that is where new Asgard is built on. So those pieces are still there. So I think it's become a shrine at that point. People come and visit at that point. And Jane goes to, she, she, I feel, I I felt before I got this confirmed that the cancer storyline is going to be a part of this. And she's going to visit New Asgard, go to the shrine, and she touches as she approaches and touches one of the, the pieces, reform, and she that's where she gets the powers of, of Thor. Because remember, in Thor, in the first Thor, Odin said, whomever is deemed worthy will be able to lift the hammer and be bestowed the powers of Thor. Yep. And, and I, I love that moment in the comics because 
the the text on it in the comics was like if he be worthy and then when she yes. puts her hand on it it says if she be worthy and the changes and, and i and i put that out there and then let, last night i was able to uh the they putting out all the kind of like official marvel merchandise and things like that and the helmet confirms mm-hmm. that jane foster will be having cancer in this movie she will be that's my theory got proven based on that <laughs> based on the official Marvel helmet for uh, Mighty Thor. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with with that story. Um, but I'm glad they're doing it. It's super great book, super great story in the comics. So I'm glad they're going that route. Yeah, it's it, it, and I'm glad that I would I would have been very disappointed if they did not do the cancer storyline because that is a very big part, not just for Jane Foster as a growth character, but also for people who go through cancer and things like this. A, a thing that, hey, this is a superhero that has and is battling it and has to deal with the fact that, that being a superhero comes with a cost. So uh, we, we've mentioned it a couple times. What did you think about Gore the God Butcher not being in this? <laughs> the, 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 I see Chris watch the Corridor Crew video. I don't even know what the Corridor Crew video is. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> – sorry. You got me on that one. I, I That one I don't know. Uh, not having gore in it, I'm okay with that because this was a teaser. The, they had two choices, either tease Jane Foster or gore. I think they went with the right option of teasing Jane Foster. Gore will be in the next one. Gore is the story, the story trailer. Right. I, I think you're totally right. I don't understand. I, I do understand. I just, I'm like, be patient, people. For me, for me overall, this, I thought that this trailer was basically perfect. You know, yeah, sure, the lightning bolt thing I didn't like, but it's like this was so much of what I thought we needed to see to establish, to hype up the general audience, which I will die on this hill. That's who these trailers are for. They're not for us. They already have our tickets. They already have our tickets. If they were on sale, we would have bought them. But for the general audience people, that's what this trailer is for. And what did they give us? They gave us the vibe, the overall Mm -hmm. tone, the humor that we saw from Thor Ragnarok. You see Chris Hemsworth doing that again. You see the Guardians of the Galaxy, which, as I mentioned, like people love that interaction. You get a tease that Natalie Portman is coming back. No, they didn't necessarily tell you that's who it was. But the, the poster that came out and stuff does like they're not hiding that Natalie Portman is the mighty Thor. I think I think it was an awesome, awesome teaser. I You know we're going to see it before Doctor Strange mm-hmm. in two weeks, and I'm really excited to see it on the big screen. Okay, as Bubs is saying, that's that's the video where No Way Home uh, VFX talked about how easy to ruin. I read an I must it must have been an article that that and guess they did not cite where uh, they got that from. So thank you. So that the corridor crew, they were the ones who were interviewing that one. So thank you. Okay, yeah, I I just read an article about it at that point. So, um, but yeah, no, I think they made the right choice. It, you know, everyone's kind of making fun of at least the portray they the toys of how Gore the God Butcher looks at that point. Again, I will reserve judgment until I see it on screen. I think Christian Bale is going to kill it. Uh, he he he's one of my favorite actors. I've loved him pretty much in everything I, he's been in. It, he he is a great choice to be a villain. He can be very very scary. I I will say this. I do wish that the first time we saw Gore was in footage and not like on uh, toys. I yeah. do wish that was the case. But there's so many different parts to these things. It's like they they would have to hold back all their merchandising to avoid that. And they're not going to do that because then we would not get merchandise until like 
three, four months later after the movie came out. And they're not going to do that. That's not the time that's going to make them the most money. So I understand it. I did, but yes, I, I agree. I wish that I would just say this. I wish that the first time we saw Gore, the God butcher had been in a trailer or released official marketing and not leaks on toys. So I will yeah. agree with those criticisms. Hell in the game saying uh, with love and thunder and quantum mania is the first MCU project to use the volume. Be interesting to compare and contrast CGI uh, with multiverse of madness. Yeah, definitely. And all in the game saying Katie was not a fan of that final shot. She wanted to come on to explain herself. No, she never said that. Yeah. She talked about it a little bit online. I know. And is what it is. Um, That's fine. It's okay. She's not a fan of it, you know, but like with everything, you got to see it in the theater, see that final shot. You know, Natalie Portman, if you've seen those behind the scene footage, she not just in that shot, but behind the scene, she got built for this movie. She's jacked. She's jacked. So, um, but yeah, it's, I I was, I was happy with what we got. It's a teaser. It's 90 seconds. I don't expect a lot out of teasers. I don't, I come in, I actually come in with very low expectations for teasers just because of, I know it's all about hinting and just, they got to get quick hits in there. Got You know, you got, you got Thor, you got the guardians. You got to see where he's left off. Okay. He's having another kind of, okay, where does it all mean anymore? Road trip, mighty Thor at the end. Boom. You know, when we, we get, we'll get the final trailer for this. Either they're going to do, I, I don't think they're going to put the fine. I don't think they're going to put a new trailer attached at the end of multiverse madness i don't think you're going to do that it, it will be sometime at the end of may beginning of june but we will get our final trailer we'll get our final trailer and then a few weeks after that a new small trailer with um with tickets for sale multiverse of madness might tease this movie the credit scene might be for this movie but i agree i don't think it will be the trailer style that we got at the end of no way home for dr strange so We'll, we'll, we'll see you know i i think maybe maybe around this time maybe after like the first or second episode of ms marvel comes out would be a good time to drop it yeah it, it, it yeah it's it, it'll be our story trailer at that at that point we're gonna get we'll, we'll get our they're not gonna hide god gore the god butcher it's not he's not a you know peter parker kind of hide with andrew and toby so um but yeah i enjoyed it it, it gave me what i wanted i'm I'm going to see it at that point. Like I said, that's going to be, <laughs> I'll be coming back from Hilton head, dropping off the things at the house, going straight to the theater, coming back, you know, yeah, not going to, and, and you change your trip plans too. Cause when you find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, we were planning a, a trip to see some family and there were several weeks that were available, but the one that, uh, they were circling on. I it dawned on me is like, oh, this this is Thor weekend. That's not going to work. And luckily, yep. my wife agreed with me. So we will be we're picking one of the other options now. Yep. So, but all right. But that is that's all the the kind of news. Well, like we said, we're just going to focus on that trailer. So let, let us take our final ad break uh, before we get into listener feedback and uh, comic book club. So listeners, as you know, again, these ads help keep the lights on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Get we don't get to choose what ads come on. They can be a bit loud. Give that three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, listener questions. I think we had S-Bubs come in with a few questions for us. Yes. Uh, from S-Bubs, uh, what do you think about Craven's January 13th, 2023 release date? Because that feels to me like Sony is just trying to dump the movie, keeping the good months for Madam Web, of course. 
Um, yeah, that's that was kind of the news that we did not talk about, but we'll bring it up. You know, last night, or if you're if listen if you're watching this last night, if you're listening to this, it's on Wednesday night. Sony announced that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One has been delayed from October seventh of this year to June second of twenty twenty-three. Additionally, Part Two will was tentatively released in twenty twenty-three. Will now debut in theaters in March twenty-ninth of twenty twenty-four. But we did get. Dakota Johnson's and, and Dakota Johnson's and uh, Madam Webb has been officially given a release date of June 7th of next year. So again, hashtag Madam Webb is the blueprint. Um, th- I mean, that kept its release date. They're already filming. We've seen, I've seen a few little bits of uh, set footage at that point. Um, I would say Sony's trying to dump the movie. I mean, they've kind of kept the January release date solid for a while so the fact that they're they're already filming it it's not one that they want to move i i wouldn't call it dumping it it's just they're just kind of sticking to their guns on it i mean i i think part of it is they're kind of avoiding the mcu during that time i'm looking real quick uh what dc's got for us dc has shazam in december so you know it's dumping it okay january traditionally sure not the best movie month but i i feel like that's starting to change no it's not going to make as much as a movie in may or june or july but it, you know it's about a month after shazam it's about a month or so a little less than before uh what was it the marvels i think that comes out after that yeah maybe depending yeah, on the marvels maybe if uh black panther holds its date as of today i i think it's fine i mean they got to have reasonable expectations and who knows, maybe conspiracy theory. It's a, uh, by putting it out, I'm trying to think how to phrase this by putting it out in January and expecting it not to do as well. Maybe that's how they'll justify to like higher ups and stuff of why they want to continue with these universe properties. Well, we gave it a bad release date. That was on us. Let's do better on the next one. And then it'll make more money when maybe they, they aren't expecting much. I don't know. I do. I just, I think there's a lot riding on Craven. I have said that before. I'll say it again. I think Craven has a lot riding on it. So they, they really probably should give it the best opportunity they can. But of course, uh, you're not going to take anything away from Madam Webb, so. Oh, absolutely not. Got to give her that prime summer blockbuster spot. Come on. But uh, but yeah, I think that was the our only question for. Yep. This only week. question we didn't already cover. Yep. Yep. So, all right, let me pull up those factor fictions from last week. We had four of them. So when Craven comes out, the marketing will will not include anything along the lines of from the studio that brought you Morbius. Nope. Seventy percent said fact. Thirty percent said fiction. They're right. Yep. Uh, number two, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will have a reference to Shang Chi or the Ten uh, and the ten, or the Ten Rings. Sixty-seven uh, percent said fact, uh, fiction. Thirty-three percent. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, three, uh, the next Daredevil project will include the return of Deborah Ann Wall, who played Karen and Eldon Henson Foggy. Ninety percent said fact. Ten percent said fiction. I, I like the confidence people have. Yes. I'm with yes. it. I love it. Yep. I want it. Uh, at least three out of the five series leads of the Defender Saga will appear in the MCU again. 81% said fact and 19% said fiction. But, all right. So, hey, you know, we're all, we're all going with our hearts on that one. So, so uh, what do you have for us? All right. So, 
Let's go with, I'm going to start off with the moon, my Moon Knight one. I said one of the post-credit scenes, I'm not calling out the episode, I'm just going to say one of the post-credit scenes, whenever it happens, of Moon Knight will be a setup for the Werewolf by Night special. Fact. I am, also, I am it's also going to fact. fact, you know, we got a uh, rumored casting of, uh, I believe, who was it? Um, uh Oh, for Elsa Bloodstone. Yes, Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah, yep. So uh, that's that supposedly is is unconfirmed, but uh, I think uh, Cosmic uh, Cosmic Circus put that out there. Uh, My next one. We'll continue down with our theme for this episode. Jane, the Mighty Thor, will continue as the in the MCU as the Mighty Thor after Love and Thunder. Uh, That's a fact. I totally agree with that. And it was uh, actress Laura Donnelly for Elsa Bloodstone. Lord Watson. Yeah, I'm also a fact. Jane will continue. We will this this universe is big enough to have two two Thors. Absolutely it is. And you know what? If they're gonna go with Aaron's run, he did give up the title and tell tell Jane that she can take the title of Thor and he went for a long time being just known as Odin's son. And realistically, it's not like it's gonna confuse people to have two different people named Thor. Everyone's can tell the difference between we just got three Spider Mans, nobody's gonna be confused by two Thors. Peter one, Peter two, Peter three. Peter three. <laughs> and my last one. We will see a supporting character introduced in What If join the live action MCU after season three of the series. Does that mean in season four or they will be introduced after the third season? No. um, I was saying after like they'll be introduced either season two or season three. And then after season three, they will make a jump to the live action supporting character. So like if we see Captain Carter, does that count? No, I, like some some character, like usually the rule that Feige said with the what if shows is that the major the major players there's no one new going to be introduced right. in what if they would be based around, but they didn't say anything about supporting cast members, like new newer people that aren't the kind of focus of the episode. Kind of like an agent Colson, if you would. So I'm not as strong on this one, but I'm going to say fact. I, I think it's possible. And that's, that's a good loophole if they want. And even if they wanted to introduce a major player later down the line, well, Hey, we changed our mind because the story demanded it. Great. Exactly. You know, it, we're not going to be, uh, holding back our creatives with, with certain mandates, right? I mean, they don't normally, so I don't know why they'd start now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a small, like you, I'm a, I'm fact, but it's not as strong, but I did like that. Just when I created the question and said, that's a loophole they can get through because it's not a major new person. It's not like Wolverine, you know? So, but all right. So I will post those on uh, Sunday afternoon. So, all right. Well, before we get into our conclu- conclusion of Spider Shadow, uh, we we put out our for you all to vote on the theme of our new comic book club was cosmic, and so the choices were the Kree Skull War, Secret Wars from 1984, Annihilation, and War of Kings. Drumroll! At that point, you all voted, and it was close, but it was if for a while there was a tie between Annihilation and Secret Wars. Annihilation ended up winning the six issue run by Keith Giffen and Andrea DeVito uh, beginning the modern cosmic uh, cosmic saga for Marvel comics. So I'm going to read that synopsis one more time. One empire has fallen. Two heroes are dead. It all comes together here. Individually, the silver surfer, super scroll Ronin and Nova have faced the annihilation wave and lost. Now they must unite 
unite those who remain or die by Annihilus's hand. The annihilation has only begun. So this is six issues. Oh no, what will I ever do? Uh, uh, yeah, I love this story. So but, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't read it in a long time. Yeah, but so I'm excited you, to dive back in. You are going to pull an audible on Comic Book Club for next week, though. I, I think I think we need to do one one just just one week, just one issue, one week. Because I, I thought about it today. I was was uh, talking with a coworker and uh, was just talking about you know getting ready for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, you know what? I think I should reread the Illuminati. And then the more I think about it, I was like, I think we should all reread the Illuminati. Not the whole series. Not the, I think there were too many series. Just that initial, you know, issue zero one shot. They did new Avengers Illuminati came out in 2006 says the road to civil war on it. I think we should just read that. Just read that one issue. And then, Hey, if you, if you like it and you want to go on, by all means go on. But for now, I think that's where I think we should do that. So let's my proposal. Let's, let's do that for next week. Let's do yep. that one issue for next week. And then after that, we're going to Annihilation. Yep. So, yeah, we so again, issue zero of the 2006 series, uh, The Road to Civil War, The Illuminati. It, it'll tie into, a, I think, a little bit of uh, some stuff we're getting into. It, it just, you know, you know what? It just it feels like prep work we should do. Yep. So. <laughs> what, what, S-Bub's in the chat. What are we saying? Uh, we've got got two oscar isaacs as well and uh maybe, maybe three, three by, by next, next week, week. yep yes. <laughs> talking about multiple versions of the same character absolutely yep. i don't i don't know where that would ever confuse people to have multiple versions of the never. same character it's never totally never, never normal all right so let us begin uh let's look at our concluding issue of spider-man spider shadow so what did you think about this issue brent Overall, I thought it was a strong finish. A little quick, though. It did feel like it was moving at a lightning pace when I read it the other day. Um, that said, I also can't help but be reminded of movies because, oh, this is like the big final battle. And, of course, Spider-Man does not have his mask on. <laughs> Granted, <laughs> everybody knows who he is, so there's no reason for it. I did just kind of have to laugh at that. Yeah, it was interesting how the battle was going back and forth at that point. And, you know, it was cool little cool little splash page moments and, and then but i did like how um they were able to kind of defeat the symbiote at, at that point being a kind of a body double not as a body double but using that image inducer the image inducer yep definitely. yeah for you know it but i did like that this it had consequences like there were some there like peter didn't get away with that he had to stand trial for it and for his crimes of, of killing the, the villains at that point. What did you think about um, J. Jonah visiting uh, Eddie? I, I thought that showed a lot of growth by J. Jonah, you know, like realizing like his culpability of his actions in the events of everything. And he realizes that he's not so innocent either, even though he seemingly didn't have to pay any legal fines or have any legal recourse to, to deal with. So he's going to go help hopefully to rehabilitate Eddie. Yeah. And I did like how, when Peter was going into the lab at that point, the symbiote says, you know, I, you know, what do you, what do you say? I'm, I, I'm not going to let you walk in this lab and not have taken out anything that could hurt me. What did you think about the symbiote basically saying when Peter's like, you know, just take over me. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll fall for that, but I'm not leaving Mr. Fantastic alive to do it and kills Reed. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I, I want to read where this goes next. As soon as I read that, I'm like, what happens with the Fantastic Four now? Of course, they did kind of tell us. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And, you know, it, it was, you know, Peter having that, Peter, 
you know, that everything goes down for Peter at that point that, you know, he still feels responsible for what had happened in the death of Reed and Sue comes up and, you know, he's again apologizing. He says, you know, I know it wasn't you. I know you didn't mean for any of this to happen, but it, but you know, he, he kind of, she compares him what Reed did after he said, you know, he took that tragedy and guilt and turned it into something for good. And he helped Ben helped us all become heroes. And he reminded us that we all have to look on the other side of tragedy for meaning. And I think I know what that is here. Peter, let's move through this. And she hands him a, a, a patch. What does the patch say? Four. Four. And he becomes a member of the fantastic four in this universe. Yeah, not the first time we've seen Spider-Man nope. with the FF, but I I would love to read the next story. Yes, if it, but we do get an epilogue to this. Uh, who was still alive though? Because uh, we thought they were dead. Uh, yeah, Kingpin. I was. I was I'm reading this. I'm like, I could have sworn they killed him. I guess not. Nope. And he's looking all Bane-like with his uh, get a yeah. mask there. <laughs> Wonder if he says, "Oh, <laughs> not in my city." <laughs> it will be very painful for you. <laughs> my priority is destroying Peter Parker. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just couldn't help it. Uh, but you know he's still alive. Uh, but they say he may not be finding a way, and they've been able to recover one of the symbiotes, uh, a red one. Which I'm like, oh, is he going to be Carnage? I don't know. Yep. There's been no talk about like this picking up at that point for another like part two. But what did you think about this? This kind of new kind of look at what if instead of doing one shots, uh, kind of a a a series. Overall, I liked it a lot. It. The the problem with these kind of things is like when it's over, it's like, I, I would have taken more, you know, please, sir, may I have some more. But it, this was a cool little alternate Spider-Man story. Those are always fun. The alternate takes, it's always cool to see what they could do. Or like, you know, we're going to take this famous event from Spider-Man's history and veer it down a different path and give you more than 20 to 20 to 30 pages, whatever, to deal with it, to show you what could happen. I really enjoyed it. Everything from like the little touches of like Thor with the symbiote saying, we say thee nay instead of I say thee nay. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the costumes that the characters had, you know, I think I commented on the Cyclops costume when we saw it last week or the week before that. This week I noticed uh, Warren Worthington, the angel flying around in that old school <laughs> yeah. X-Men uniform. I'm like, oh, I love to see it. So overall, this was fun. I know we, we, not for Comic Book Club, but in general, talked a little bit about Chip Zdarsky's Spider-Man Life Story, mm -hmm. um, which I read both of these relatively close to each other for the first time. I would say if you only were going to pick one, Life Story is the one to go with. I agree. But this was still a fun take on Spider-Man and seeing what he, what could have been, you know, if they just made, a, if Spider-Man had made a few different decisions. Yeah, no, it definitely. I, I agree with that. If there, it's Chip Zdarsky still still killed it, but I think if if you had to pick one of his uh, him doing Spider Man life story, what is his magnum opus for Spider Man? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so like we said, uh, but there is the, the what if series going on right now is looking at Miles Morales. Um, they've done it. What if he became Captain America? They just did an issue with him. What if he became Wolverine? Um, it's been okay so far. So um, it's it's one shots, but there's a theme. There's a theme, but right. they did say that it's these one shots are going to come together. These these variants are going to Ooh, see like each that. other and come together. So I'm kind of like I'm sticking with it to see how this all kind of plays together. I will probably read that in its entirety after it's all hit Marvel. Yeah, it, it's been okay. It's it's not the, the X Men just felt the him as Wolverine 
I would have liked to seen another couple of issues with that, just delving into that more. But again, it's it's interesting. Sure. So, but all right, well, episode one hundred and four in the books. So, uh, so yeah, next week we get the penultimate chapter of uh, Moon Knight. So I'm definitely excited about that. So, uh, Brent, tell people how they can follow you. Uh, Brentac Prime on Twitter, Brentac Prime on TikTok. Um, still having fun goofing around with that. So uh, go, you know what? Go to TikTok. It's fun. If you're not on there, give it a shot. Nah, I'm still debating. It's fun. <laughs> it's it's the most be- fun social network. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe one day. Uh, so again, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, GettingPriceBooks.com. Use that code MarvelGUA at checkout for two dollars off every single order. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga. You can follow my other show, World's Finest True Believers, at Finest Believers. You can follow this show on Twitter at Marvel A Podcast. You can follow the Geek Ultimate Alliance on Marvel at, at Marvel A Podcast. Uh, you can email the show marvelalliancepodcast at gmail.com and on twitter for gway at gway pod network feel free to tweet email if you want to provide feedback ask questions uh, continue to rate and review the marvel line solo feed and gway feed on apple podcast spotify whatever podcast your choice may be thank you all for listening thank you all for joining us in the chat tonight stay safe out there everyone and as stan the man would say excelsior true believers well brent we had we have a post credits discussion. We had one going into this, but you know we're going to give people for the price of one, we're going to give you two. So I'm going to let you start off with yours that you brought up. You you created something. You created a a homework assignment for yourself, and I I want you to share that with the people because they may want to join you in the homework assignment. I like to call it preparation. It's not or homework. preparation, whatever, whatever. I, I, my note literally says Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness prep. Yes, uh, <laughs> talking with my wife, we decided we wanted to to do a little Doctor Strange rewatch. Um, we're not watching everything, and she does not, you know, I've talked about it before, she avoids all the spoilers. She avoids everything. And so, basically, the the phrasing I've come up with to explain to her the movies I've chosen, and I've, you know, talked with her about what one she wanted to watch, is it's based on things that I know, things that are rumored, and things that we speculate. Okay, so, I don't necessarily know all this, but my Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness list, as it stands today, because it's in flux, I added something to it today, uh, we started off with X-Men Days of Future Past. We know, we know for a fact Patrick Stewart's going to be in this. She's never seen it, and we do. And that movie, I felt, thematically is similar in the sense of, it, it does deal a little bit with alternate version timelines, you know, we see multiple Xavier's, multiple Magneto's, etc. Sure, they're supposed to be the same person, but different points of the timeline, um... We, uh, we've got the first Doctor Strange movie, of course. Not really for Doctor Strange himself, but more the supporting cast. Because a lot of them, like Mordo, for example, we haven't seen since 2016. Side note, this will be the longest gap between sequels in the entire MCU, unless the Incredible Hulk ever gets, a, gets one. <laughs> As Bob's saying, my Doctor Strange prep has been watching every single Sam Raimi movie. They're about half, halfway done. Hey, not a bad thing. Those are some I think amazing- that's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, we've also got WandaVision. We've uh, two episodes left to go on a rewatch of that. In fact, when we wrap up here in a few minutes, I'll probably be go watching another one. Um, the one I added today, Fantastic Four, the original Fantastic Four. Chris Evans as the Human Torch. You know, there's, it's rumored that John Krasinski is going to be Reed Richards. Well, let's get a little bit reminder about who Reed Richards <laughs> is, as well as just a fun, funny version of the Human Torch. And on the off chance of the rumors of Chris Evans coming back and happen and it happens to be in this movie 
Fine. Worst case scenario I, is I watched an hour and forty five minute movie. <laughs> no big deal. You you've seen far worse movies. Uh, yeah, like the other Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got Loki. Um, yes, technically time travel, but he, the, even a thing from the writer today talked about how he still viewed it very similar to multiverse. To me, alternate like time, alternate timelines and multi, the multiverse are just two sides of the same coin. Uh, what if? was originally going to be at what if episode four and what if episode five, the Dr. Strange and zombie episodes, you suggested I go ahead and add the two part finale to it. And then coworkers suggested I add the captain Carter episode. So, <laughs> you know, let's just watch the series again. At that, at that point, point <laughs> I've hit five out of nine. Yes. The entire series is just on my list. Uh, and then the last one I like absolutely want to watch again before the last, the two after this are going to be stretch goals. If you will, uh, the Shang-Chi mid credit scene. I, I just, Wong was in it. It's only going to take like three minutes to watch. I will watch it. I'll just do it at the end of those other things. Um, and then my stretch goals are Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously breaks open the multiverse as far as Doctor Strange is concerned. But we just watched it. Not just in theaters. We just watched it at home. And then maybe, maybe we'll add in Logan. Uh, which I'm sure, uh, Travis, don't don't listen. Don't listen to this part. She's never seen Logan. And so, but that does give us, you know, what was Patrick Stewart's alleged final performance as any version of Professor X. So that's where we're at with uh, with Dr. Strange prep. Yeah, I don't know if, I, I mean, I'll do a little bit of some of that, but I, I don't know if I have the time to get it all in like that. I'm, I'm you know, you're a better man. Than it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. And I honestly don't know for sure if we'll be able to get it all. Hey, but it, it'd be a fun discussion point to see how far you got by uh, your first watch. It, it, it'll be fun to try. So, uh, but yeah, I, it, I think some, I think some of those that, that those last edition, those stretch goals are going to be interesting. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it would be interesting to go to a world where multiverse of madness comes out before no way home and what yes, kind of movie would. we would have got what that story would have been. Yes. Very so, much so. But, uh, but yeah, so my, part of the post-credits discussion completely flipping the script. So I've been on spring break and, you know, I know the week, you know, the last week we talked about post-credits, what we've been reading. And I kind of said, you know, I'm starting my, I've already finished, you know, Hawks, Pox, Dawn of X, X of Swords. I was starting last weekend, Reign of X. Well, I did start it and I kept reading and I kept reading and I kept reading, had all this time, I had this extra time without having like uh, more time to do work when I get home. So I read more and read more. I have caught up to every single X title that came out, including this week's stuff. That is Hawks, Pox, Dawn of X, X of Sword, Reign of X, Destiny of X, which has started. That's 255 issues that I have started since January. I have found a way to catch up. And the bulk of it happened in the last five days. Yeah. yeah. What did you text me? Like 145 issues or yeah, something the, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So um, it... The, I have been very fascinated by Hickman's, you know, what he's done with this whole new thing since Hawksbox. That by Hawksbox with 12 issues, Dawn of X encompasses 90 issues, Exosword 17, Reign of X has the most with 122 that encompass Reign of X, and Destiny of X is just starting off with 14, 10 of which are the X slot, the 10 lives of Wolverine, 10 deaths of Wolverine. Um, 
I really hope you liked it going I, through all that. That you know, like with everything, when you come to these kind of like company wide, like X Men, like there's gonna be some good, there's gonna be some bad. Like Dawn of X, I enjoyed uh, pretty much. You know, some things that a lot of people didn't enjoy. Fallen Angels, meh, didn't need it at that much. Um, some of the main titles I haven't been really that much into of the main ones, um, New Mutants, I read it. I'm just not jiving with it, particularly towards the end of Reign of X. It just really wasn't hitting there for me. I enjoyed the characters, like the characters that were there, but the stories were not. Excalibur was very much hit or miss for me. Um Dealing with Apocalypse, dealing with magic, um, Captain Britain, it, it is very much hit or miss. Some of my Reign of X kind of low lights, um, Way of X with Nightcrawler. Oh, that's bummer got, to hear. It, it was trying to, it, it, Nightcrawler kind of dealing with religion in uh, Krakoa. X Core, absolutely garbage. Absolute garbage. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, well, you're it, honest. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was not necessary. I could have totally skipped it at that point. But, you know, Krakoa being, you know, their X-Men, the X having a, a corporation with all the different pharmaceuticals and all the different drugs they're putting out there. It, it made sense, but it just seemed like, oh, okay, now we're just kind of really cashing. It was interesting having Jamie Madrix uh, kind of being a big part of it, Warren Worthington, Angel. The highlights for this were X-Men. The, the main title was great. Marauders absolutely so much fun marauders kitty pride captaining the the uh, marauder uh, black market dealings at that point so cool hellfire club um hellions that is a heck of a ride um x-force was good um but i think the the event that really kind of exosorts as i said last time was so so um inferno what just wrapped up the end of um, Reign of X and basically the end of Hickman's kind of shepherding of this. He has now gone off and, and is is not he heading off this. Inferno brings together so much and takes a turn I didn't see necessarily they were going. And man, I, that was so... And four issues was so much better by leagues than X of Swords. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience overall. You know, obviously some some mixed results in there, but yeah. th that's a lot. So, I'm, thankfully, it seems like at least the bulk <laughs> of it was entertaining for you. It, it is, it is, and yeah, the, the Hellfire Gala, which seeing everyone in costumes, even Kevin Feige making an appearance at the yeah. at the uh, Hellfire Gala. So, um, but yeah, the the new X team for Destiny of X at that point is, is interesting. Um, I like they say they that the Krakoans voted on it. No, we the fans voted on it. <laughs> What is it I told you when you said you read all those issues? I, I read like four Spider-Man issues. <laughs> but you weren't on spring break, so. Yep, yep. I, ironically, though, I, I, I'm I like, I still, like, that was still a lot for me that week because I, yeah. I don't read the way I used to, sadly. I really need to prioritize it a little more. But, but you I'm caught up on 100 I, issues. I caught up on four. It's the yep, same thing. I, yeah, it, it, it is basically the same thing. So, but yeah, I'm finally caught up. I'm enjoying reading it. I love X-Men or my, my kind of thing. So uh, next I'll be, uh, I might be, I'm going to continue my Daredevil catch up and um, delving into maybe some Fantastic Four. So we'll have to see where I get with that. So, all there right, everyone. Till next week. See you later.